Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, thought we'd check in here. Jeff Cameron's show, sort of. Uh, at least it's on the feed. We're going to get some stuff in here for you. As you can hear, not good. Not good. Um, battling here, but I thought we... We need to weigh in on all that's going on in the world, including uh, the you know division champion Buccaneers moving on to the second round of the playoffs. Tom, just a game away from playing for the right to go to the Super Bowl. You know, just geez, my goodness gracious, just even when we're bad, just a dominant organization. Man. No, um, what I was going to say was uh, there has been a lot that I've wanted to that I would have been excited to do a show for, but I haven't had an ounce of energy uh, or much of a voice. And I haven't been able to uh, get to the table and, and do anything of note. So um, forgive me, guys, but I'll be back as soon as I'm at full strength, which I hope will be tomorrow. Today's Wednesday. It's 2 o'clock. Tom and I are talking. Um, I didn't. I was in bed all day yesterday. I was in bed for most of today so far. And then after I finish t- talking with Tom um, and you guys, then I'm going to be back in bed. And I don't know, I would like to believe by tomorrow I can put together a show, even if it's from the house. So we'll, we'll shoot for that. Worst case scenario, knock on wood, will be Friday. So that's where, that's where we're at. But I'm monitoring. I'm seeing. I saw we got a linebacker. I almost fell to my knees, uh, not from sickness, but joy. And then uh, to have him be a Bama linebacker, I don't even care if he's uh, you know LB3 at Alabama. He's a resounding LB1 here. And, um, and, and you know, just watching, by the way, from afar, as we all are, uh, this Alabama program, boy, are they going to have to get used to living like the rest of us, huh? Man, you can sense it, the frustration they feel. Tom, I know you just did a thing for the site, for, for WarChan TV, um, where, you, where you interviewed the um, Alabama online guy, right, to talk about uh, these players. and. Um, uh, let's promote that. That's cool. I mean, he kind of gives you a sense of, of what they were, what Benson was, and what Ferguson can be and all that, right? Yeah, so it's Clint Lamb. Uh, he's a football analyst for Bama Online, part of the On3 Network, and he was great, man. It's uh, I, I recommend the full viewing. It's about 15 minutes because on the way out, I asked him about his perspective on Mike Norvell in Alabama and how that's been. You know, He had that same look on his face that we had for the better part of two months, which is, will the news cycle ever stop? And, and I think it continues for them over there because you know every minute another Alabama player enters the portal. Like their freshman All-American tackle yeah. is in the portal now. It's, um, it's a wild set. Ben, there's all these guys, yeah. It's a wild set of developments. We also flipped a 2025 edge player from Alabama to Florida State. I mean, I think they're about tired of us, but his, um, his analysis. It, it I was, don't care. <laughs> me either. Me, I hope they get more tired of us. Oh, I hope that the kind of tired they are of us reads, you know, reads sickening on message boards everywhere. Like the kind of vitriol that's reserved for the most lunatic fringe of the political world. Like that's what I want to see on the Alabama boards. You sons of bitches. Yeah. I want to see this for months on end. Weeping tears to find out that you're not special. It was always Nick Saban. It was always Nick Saban. 
it gets to the point where in two or three years, if we're a part of the SEC, we're not welcome in Tuscaloosa. Like there are threats, and and Correct. Florida State is told, "Hey, you know, travel at your own risk." Maybe not oh, a great yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you're venturing into Tuscaloosa, are you? Yeah, exactly. We're not welcome there because of what we did in '24. I don't know if you guys remember, but it all started in January of '24. So what what Clint was telling me was that Roy Dale Williams, the running back is definitely going to be a rotation guy. He took over as the primary in fits and starts this past year for Alabama. Uh, he's a complete player. They trusted him in pass pro. Yeah, uh, in addition to... I watched the highlights of him for that very reason. Well, that's important because he's not a pass catcher by trade. If you just look at the splits this year, I think he had maybe around a dozen catches for the season, and they played into the playoffs. So that's a lot of football games to only have a dozen catches. Uh, but if you trust him in pass pro and he can run you over, okay, that seems to fit very nicely with what Florida State has there. Receiver Malik Benson, he was kind about the the situation with Jalen Milrow, who uh, once again, not to revisit everything in December, but you want to talk about quality of quarterback play. I don't understand how in the world you think putting Jalen Milrow on television is going to make you uh, a more attractive product if you're looking for quarterback play and that's what you're judging a team's viability for the playoff for at any rate uh, he said that Milrose's lack of ability to get to his second and third read cost Malik Benson targets uh, that Malik was not going to be the number one receiver he's probably going to be two or three this season but that he was the number one Juco player in the country for a reason. He's got track speed. He's a good blocker, I was told, which fits very well into the culture of what we want and expect out of our receivers. And it should be interesting in an offense like Mike Norvell's, what that looks like. He loved Clint, uh, sorry, well, he didn't love himself. Uh, he loved Earl Little, uh, the defensive back the most out of everybody that Florida State got. He said that that's a guy who can play in the slot. He could play safety. He was going to play star for Alabama. He was a rotational piece there. That's where a question of depth for them. They had a ton of dudes. It was going to be a fair fight. You come to Florida State, maybe it's just you go get the job. So that's that's what it sounds like happened there. Um, and then Sean Murphy at linebacker, uh, I think you already kind of touched on it. He was going to be a rotational linebacker, climbing up the ranks towards starter. Well, at Florida State, the path is clear. There's no climbing to be done. You are going to be a starter if you're trending in that direction. He said, don't worry about the fact that he was a special teamer. It's just that Alabama has a succession, a line of succession at that position, which we all very well know. Um, and I, I'm missing one guy. Who am I missing? But uh, You say Ferguson came to basically be um – you know, a, a guard or a guard. Maybe we talked about that off the air. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Terrence Ferguson, um, he could play center. He didn't really do that a whole bunch at Alabama. The opening on Alabama's offensive line before their tackle went the portal um, was going to be in the middle, and it was going to be a fight at guard. But if you compare that with Florida State, there are openings at guard, so that's why he's going to be playing for Florida State there. Well, and I think if he's got the ability to play center, Lord knows we've been looking for a quality backup for some time at the position. So if that's in there, you know, certainly he can compete there too. So, uh, or at well, least provide you competent backup. Well, what it does is at that point, then it frees Darius Washington to just play. You don't have to worry that, oh, my God, if Darius goes down, we don't have anything. I think that was part of the reason that you didn't see 76 out there in the rotation as much this season was because, you know, if he goes down and Maurice is already playing injured, yeah, what we're going to get Stickle out there at center and we're trying to win an ACC championship? I think that might have influenced the way they rotated their eight. But if you can cultivate, if Ferguson can at least be, yes, a reasonable backup, 
then you're in a position where Darius can just go play. And we know he's one of Florida State's five best offensive linemen. It's just a matter of what position is best for him. By the way, on this note of it, you know, I just got done saying um, rather, I don't know, angrily, I suppose, that it was always Saban. I'm glad that Mike has declared war after not taking the job on Alabama's roster, and I hope he continues to do so because the rest of the country has as well, and why not? Um, you're seeing how many people are deciding to take it on down the road or open back up their recruiting if they're in high school and all these. I mean, honestly, he was uh, the greatest coach of all time. And to watch him walk, you cannot, you could not believe that it was going to have a massive impact on their program. To see the extent of it, though, is huge. And why do I bring it up? Well, Mike is well thought of, is extremely well thought of by the players that have played for him, by the players that bought in the players that have left here and gone on to play in many times at other places, they still speak highly of Mike Norvell and those that went on to the NFL certainly have, you know, it's open season right now on that spot. I mean, it's Kirby smarts for as long as he wants it right now. I suppose I wouldn't say as long as he wants it. It's Kirby smarts right now. He's the guy that people gravitate towards. He's a player's coach. He's been very successful. Um, You know, he's won two national championships, but Mike has a chance to place himself in that elite level of coaches that players can't wait to go to and be a part of what they're uh, teaching, uh, what kind of man they make you, as well as what kind of player. Um, he can he can continue to raise the level here. And I think you've seen, now it would be smart on his part to say these kinds of things, um, but I, I believe it. I think since he committed back to Florida State, since this uh, dalliance with the idea of being Alabama's coach came and went, and he became, the you know, again, um, sort of reiterating his uh, and a, combined with money and a contract extension, uh, his time here at Florida State. I think he's got a chance to really continue to elevate the program. And there's going to be there's a vacuum there for who's going to run to number one. And you know why not us? We're in the wrong conference. We've got to keep trying to get out of here. But other than that, Mike's got the right pedigree. He's young. He's, uh, I think, you know, not just energetic, but he's smart and intense and focused, um, charismatic. I think he's got a chance to continue to elevate his status. I I agree, and I want to know. I can't wait to learn. In the next few weeks, you know, it was widely reported that beyond the eight years at $10 million plus a year for Mike Norvell, that part of the sticking point of the negotiation was that he wanted more infrastructure for recruiting. Whatever that means, I, I can't wait to learn. That could be personnel. He wants to bring in more people to help the support staff on the high school side. It could be resources, wink, wink, nod, nod, that get more yeses to happen. Maybe uh, you close more deals earlier on in the process. Like, I, I really don't know which direction it he's taking it, but there were things that he wanted to be checked off the, the list and improvements that needed to be made in terms of recruiting. And let's be honest, we're all thrilled that Mike Norvell's back, but that doesn't change that, uh, well, good job, but not great job feeling that we had in December as it pertains to how we closed on National Signing Day. Good job, successful class, best one we've had in quite a while. But you know what? We woke up on Signing Day with a much better class than we went to sleep with in terms of the rankings and in terms of the players. And you can't ignore that. So I'm guessing Mike has not ignored that, and maybe that was part of the list of demands. If not personnel changes to his staff, then improvements to help elevate the staff. I, I look forward to hearing and seeing what those things end up being uh, but there's no doubt that that was a big priority of his and why he stuck around, and maybe it empowers him to become the guy that you're talking about. 
Kudos, by the way. One thing I did see um, is that uh, the battle's in. Uh, was able to help close uh, the deal uh, on Daryl Jackson. And you know, I, I, I thought going into this offseason, I said to you that I thought Farmer and Jackson would be back. Um, you know, I, I doubted that Peyton was going to move on when he put his name in the portal, and he's back. You know, this could not have worked out much better than it has. I mean, they, they are able to, so far to get back what they need there as they continue to add these pieces. So, um Daryl Jackson, a full year of playing actual football and practicing every day with the chance to play on Saturdays, I think is um, <clears throat> an important piece to the puzzle here of this defensive line. To In addition to what they've already added, the kid from West Virginia is going to be a real good player for them. I think it's a rotational piece. Uh, and you get the defensive tackle from Colorado State, who I think will fill in that rotation as well. We'll see what he is. But at the very least, he's a, a replacement for Malcolm Ray. Um, so, you know, you've been able to fill some holes there. Uh, thank God we finally got a linebacker. Uh, so let's see see what happens. All of a sudden, you know, you, you got a reason to believe that Florida State is once again maybe the team to beat in the ACC. Yeah, I saw that FanDuel released uh, an opening line for the game in Dublin against Georgia Tech, and I, I think it was 12 and a half. Uh, was it a way oh, too wow. early line? Now, I don't know a month ago that it would have been 12, 12 and it a half. Would not have. Georgia Tech had a great conclusion to the season. They're yeah. well coached. Uh, I think 12 and a half is steep. Um, if I were a betting man right now, and I am, I think I'd take Georgia Tech plus 12 and well, a half. Or, or you might just lay off it for a minute to see how it all shakes out. Oh, I'm not going to bet it right now. But yeah, it's 12 if that and a half. gets north of 14 at any point, then I'm going to take Georgia Tech for sure. So what Florida State did in the front seven, though, I think has helped influence this line. Yeah, they get their quarterback, which is important, and it's a stabilizing force, and I'm not trying to overlook DJU. But now you look at the defensive end rotation, the way they've got it all settled with the yeses yeah. that they've got, and maybe they might get one more yes from the Michigan State kid. Uh, I don't know that he's made his decision yet. Uh, but on one side, if you're talking about skill position, quick twitch players, you got Patrick Payton, Marvin Jones Jr., and then down the list, a developmental prospect, but pretty quick uh, in Lamont Green Jr. So that's nice in terms of that skill set. Boom. That's on one side. On the other side, if you want to talk about Byron Turner first, you can because he's a holdover. He wasn't a bad rotational player for Florida State this year. But Sione Lolohea was already a second-team all-conference player for Oregon State. And then the kid you mentioned, Tomiwa Dirajaye from West Virginia. I like Dirajaye a lot. And, and I, you know what? The, yeah, we, we've added a lot there. You're right. So you're, I don't want to say set because you never know. There might be outgoing dudes in, in the spring window. So it's never it's, it's always a fluid situation in this day and age of college football. But that defensive end rotation went from uh-oh to okay, all right. We, it, you can throw so many bodies at the problem that if you wanted to rotate more equitably and keep guys fresher, you can do that two and three deep when you're talking about run-stuffing defensive ends. At tackle, they still... I'm assuming Farmer's going to come back if Jackson's going to come back. I, I think so. I probably shouldn't do that uh, because they well, didn't. I don't think we can assume anybody is ever safe on the roster ever from a Tuesday to a Wednesday to a Thursday. Yeah. It's never safe anymore in college football. But I, you know, I, again, going back weeks ago, I said I thought Farmer would be back and I thought Daryl Jackson would be back. And I'm going to stick by that. It feels like to me they, they still could add another in the interior. And that's not what form too. It's not wink, wink, nod, nod, but it's just, I'm, I'm looking at that too deep. And and if you have Farmer Jackson together, that's a great start. Excellent. That's wonderful wave one of interior players. Then it's Grady Kelly and Daniel Lyons. I mean, that, that's your second wave. Doesn't mean that that's bad. It's just that last year you were better and, and you had more to bring to the table. I 
I'm going to say that I know that they're working on somebody um, and, and not in the sense that, um, that it's like a, you know, uh, a, a sure thing, but I, I think there are prospects out there that they're looking at. And I know this is true of every team. So Correct. I'm not trying to give you some sort of uh, Eureka thing here, but there are a couple guys that I think that, that may, we'll see uh, if you read the rumor mills online, that there are guys at a couple locations that seem to suggest that the spring might open up a few more names that they could go after. Um, if that happens, uh, I've got my eye on a guy from the West coast and we'll leave it at that. And we'll see if that's somebody that they go after because it would be a big, big body if they did. I, well, I think that's exactly what they could use. Now it gets, it gets fun pretty fast. Uh, if you can add another player there, because then that front line is so stacked that when you're rotating two linebackers in a given play, you know, this that's your base formation. It's not the old days. And you're going to keep them clean. They're going to operate cleaner more often. And so whether or not you add another linebacker, which I think they could, maybe they will, uh, after spring practice is over, uh, this is um, this is just shaping up to be in a much, much better position moving forward for the defensive front. And then in general, I mean, again, three weeks ago, this was – thin in a lot of places but they threw numbers at the problem at receiver they've got enough running backs after an exodus at that position offensive line you brought in 650 pounds of interior offensive lineman play in the last week okay this is uh it's not quite fully ready made but there's plenty to work with in the spring now we're gonna love the running back room and we're gonna love the wide receivers uh, god i can't believe how strong they went after receivers they yeah. must have been disgusted with their lack of downfield speed has to be it. And that's probably it. I, it's got to be more than that, too. It might not just be the tools that they put on the, on the field, but, I mean, you're basically recruiting over some of your more recent signees. Like, when you bring in Jalen Brown from LSU, that's not to put the 2024 roster over the top. You know what I mean? Like, that's a multi-year solution when you bring in a kid like that. So, to me, that sends a signal that they like what they have in some of the younger players, but they don't love what they have in some of the younger players. It might be that they don't trust somebody. Um, it might be that, you know, look, they're going to probably count on some um, loss there too. You know, I mean, if you, you yep. I think you got to prepare for all facets of the transfer portal that you giveth and taketh away. And they know how that room looks in terms of the conversations they've had with certain players and who was disgruntled and who wasn't at the end of the year. I'm, I don't know any answer to that. I can't tell you that. I know for a fact, this guy was frustrated with his playing time or this guy wants out or whatever it might be. It just kind of stands to reason. Um, I think you can't lose somebody like Hakeem. Um, you know, you got to do whatever you can to make sure a kid like that comes back. But you know, could you lose? Could you lose Vendravis Jacobs? Could you lose a, a Destin Hill? Could you lose well, somebody like that? You could. Um, I hope not. I'd like to see that group. If it's if you're telling me with the receivers we've added, you know Brown and, and Benson, you got that speed that you're talking about, and then all of a sudden you put it together with um, with with Jacob and Hill and Hakeem Williams, and you know I don't know if Portier is going to stick around or not, but yep. goodness gracious, it's height. It's a ton of height. It's a ton of speed. It's a bunch of variety and body size and ability. It's a, it's a loaded receiving core at that point, yeah. we think, potentially. I don't think it was uh, a bad thing for Kentron to show what he did in the Orange Bowl. I know it's a throwaway game, but he produced against good secondary. Uh, he showed some speed against a good secondary, good hands in certain circumstances. 
I think that the receiver position is going to be the number one position to watch after spring to see who enters the portal because you just have so many players there. Um, I feel like defensive back is always in that uh, conversation about guys incoming and outgoing because that's another position where you just bring in so many numbers. But I feel like in terms of fan interest, receiver, who wins the jobs, who sees that somebody else won the job and, and decides that I'm not going to wait around. That, I think that's the, the big export market thing to come when we get towards April and May. But for now, th- there are so many numbers, man. Those one-on-ones between the receivers and the defensive backs this upcoming spring camp are going to be fantastic to watch. What's good, everybody? It's T. Lizzie here, and I'm talking about HelloFresh. Can you believe it? I'm doing myself a little pod read here for our friends at HelloFresh. They're supporting both Jeff and I here on the podcast, and they want us to let you know about what it is they do and why they can help you with a New Year's resolution. If it's to save money, to eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do any or all three. Just say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price that you'll like, delivered right to your door. Each HelloFresh box is packed with farm-fresh ingredients, and everything arrives pre-portioned right to your doorstep for less hassle and less wasted food. So here's the cool thing. I have not tried HelloFresh yet, but the box has arrived at my house today. I've got three outstanding meals. I chose the plan of meat and veggies. I'm going with the basics here because I'm kind of a picky eater, so they can work around my pickiness. And the three meals that we're going to be cooking up at my house are sweet chili pork and cabbage stir-fry. All right. Sweet and spicy apricot chicken and pecan-crusted salmon. Very excited to try this out. They've got easy sheets, little placards that come with the menus. They show you how much time it takes to prep, how much time it takes to cook, and the calories involved with each one of the meals. So simple, and I can't wait to give it a shot. If you want to experience what we're about to experience, go to HelloFresh.com slash CameronFree and use code CAMERONFREE for free breakfast for life. That's right, one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That is free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash CAMERONFREE with code CAMERONFREE. Okay, so you got to go to the website, HelloFresh.com slash C-A-M-E-R-O-N-F-R-E-E, and then type in that same code at checkout. I'm about to find out, you should find out too, why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Something to mention tonight, uh, you know, lately it's been a constant uh, tweet of ding, 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 ding. Or State Miami, Tom. Miami, six and a half point favorites, I think. Is that tonight, seven o'clock? Seven o'clock tonight on the road. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what I'm going to say about that game. The next two games are massive, this one and the next. People keep asking every time I post ding, ding, when is it going to be a choo-choo? And what they don't understand is we're not close to a choo-choo. We're not close to a choo-choo right now. But if you win these two games this week, you're getting close. You're getting close to to kind of being in the realm of, all right, it's not crazy. You know, mm-hmm. let's see where they go from here. Um, but you kind of – I think this is – I. It's silly in basketball season at this stage to say must win. But if you're talking about making the NCAA tournament, I think that you got to go win this game tonight. Um, I, I think it's it's too damaging to go lose this game. And, and they've done so well to position themselves with four straight wins into a place now where the season is not a lost cause. 
Yeah, if you win three out of the next four, I think you're back on pace to be in that bubble conversation because you've done enough damage in some of the losses that you suffered out of conference that that you're going to have to overcome it. And it's not like this conference is what everybody pretends that it is in basketball or pretends that it has been. It's got a couple few good teams. It's just not the best league in the country anymore. It was for a brief period of time. But, you know, football revenue changed that. There's a trickle down. That thing is real. So your next four games are Miami, Clemson, Syracuse, and North Carolina. Nobody is expecting you to win all four of those games. The North Carolina matchup is at home. If you can win two out of the next three, dare I say three out of the next three, you're talking about a hot ticket on a Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock on the 27th where that place can come to life like it has so many times over the last five and six years that who knows? The buzz will be back in town, but you've got to go do the legwork now starting tonight in order to get there. It's a huge deal. Um, Listen, the four-game win streak improved Florida State's net to 96th. Now, they were 150-something after that losing streak that they were on. Um, They, you know, I don't think that they're going to get into this uh, situation where all of a sudden they fight to get in the nets in the top 60s or something like that. I mean, they got a long ways to go. But if you are able to beat Miami, um, you know, on the road, uh, and you have a home game against Clemson, which is a pretty decent team, and you're able to win that game, uh, you do position yourself to have some games like the one you just described, where all of a sudden the momentum and the enthusiasm for the program returns to a degree. Um, The TLC double C rocks. It's palpable. We feel it when people begin to believe and care and think that it's a possibility. Can you give me a game like that this year? Like, is there the possibility? The North Carolina game would be that game if they're able to get these next two wins Next couple of wins. Um, yeah, man, I'd love to feel that. It's been a minute. We haven't felt it in each of the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. That we've felt there have been moments where even the teams that quit won a big game. Like they, they won a big oh, sure, one yeah. and they upset it somebody and you go, Whoa, okay. But Think this group the they pissed away earlier this year. You know, <laughs> yeah. Throwing away the Georgia game in which you're up huge, 17. throwing away the Carolina game, which you're up by whatever it was, 16 in the second half 14, at UNC. Yeah. I mean, damn it, man. I mean, if, if you win either one of those games or both, God forbid both, which you probably should have. Right. And and then you don't have lip and then you don't have lipscomb. You know, that that would also help matters too, because when it gets to the real talk, it's about you know, big wins and then bad losses. And they've got quite a few bad losses. But well, that's why that's why they're it's sitting at 90. That's why I'm saying that's why their net is sitting there at uh, 95th or whatever it is right now. I mean, it, it, you know, that wouldn't be anywhere near that if they didn't have so many bad, bad, bad losses. This is USF, a sorry ass. Right. This is a watchable team at the moment, you know, and it's not because of results. It's because of effort. It's because of potential. And it's because they're coming together as a group. For the better part of a couple of years, you heard little to none of FSU basketball talk on this show, which is crazy because we love FSU basketball more than most of the fan base does. We championed it, man. And it was because they didn't care and because it wasn't watchable. So now they are, they remind me of those old underdog uh, teams that Leonard had 15 years ago. Uh, They're imperfect. In stretches, they look immaculate. In stretches, they look horrific. But... They're going to give you an honest effort, and they've turned in some good results of late. So hopefully they can continue that tonight. 
Uh, credit to Brooke Wyckoff's squad. Uh, the, the women are 14-4, and four, I think. I saw 5-1 and one in the ACC. I know they got the win over Virginia Tech. That was awesome. Uh, they're in the top 15 in the AP poll. She's done a great job since taking over for Sue. Um, and, and God, I remember, I remember Brooke as a player. I go back a long ways these days talking about these games and these players and these stars and all of that. And, and by the way, while we're at it and while we're talking here, I have a, ch- a sense that maybe – in the not too distant future, we're going to have to do another video and maybe I'll be on the air for it. Um, if it happens, but, uh, I saw where, uh, the animals of section B tweeted out, or I, I think that's where I saw that Mike Martin, uh, is, is in hospice care. And, uh, obviously, uh, my thoughts go out to the family and, uh, whom I know well. And, uh, and, and Mike's a legend, he's an icon and he is a, an all time Noel. Um, yeah, We'll, we'll talk about it when the time comes, but it, it is certainly on the mind. Uh, Mike was really good to me uh, and so many people I know, uh, either in the industry or around the industry. And, you know, one of my dearest friends in the world was a student manager on the FSU baseball team in the 90s. He's got great stories about Mike Martin. My days of starting in media, being intimidated the first time I ever walked in to speak with Mike Martin, who at that time was already a legend, and uh, how nice he was to me as I stuttered my way through questions that must have been mundane to him um, and, and, and nervously kind of tried to spit it out uh, in, in the bowels of uh, <laughs> the stadium, thinking to my uh, Dick Hauser and, and him just looking at me like, this kid doesn't know what he's doing and being kind enough to answer me uh, thoroughly. Uh, and, then, and then from there, kind of even remembering who I was, I got a great picture um, I got to go find of uh, my oldest son, Bryce, uh, at Legends Field down in Tampa uh, with Mike Martin in the dugout before they took on the Yankees. And uh, it's just a great picture. It makes me smile. I've got it somewhere around here, so I'll have to get that as well. But uh, anyhow, just thoughts with Mike Martin and his family. Agreed. It's, um, you know, the FSU baseball program honestly has connected with me in so many different ways over my life. The first FSU event I ever attended was a baseball game in the early 90s, 93. We went to Bills 2 up on Tennessee Street to get me a baseball hat. Yeah. It was an awesome one that had a big diamond on the side of it with an FSU on it, and then it had the mm-hmm. Seminole head. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, that's still in my bedroom. It is. I remember the diamond one on the side. Yeah, yep. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, that was my first FSU hat of any kind, was an FSU baseball hat. And the first extended assignment I ever had was covering Florida State baseball. And you're right. I've been in a room with a lot of big-name people. And when it comes to Florida State interviews, I've never been more nervous than the first time I talked to Mike Martin. And yet, that's not the person that you should be nervous talking to because he's always great. I mean, he's always welcoming, and he'll always calm you down. Uh, The one thing I'll say, the memory that, that I have of covering that program early on with so many of the regulars now that are across the beat was they don't usually go to the tradition room. They go to the tradition room once you get to the postseason. You know, it used to be dugout only and then tradition room for the postseason. They, that's changed, since changed. But you just didn't know how he was going to start the presser when he sat down. And watching people who were from out of town not be able to react. Like, <laughs> some days he'd go, he'd lean in the microphone and he'd go, Well, yeah. It's one of the things about baseball that we all love. <laughs> and, and, you know, he starts in quiet. And then other days... It would be quiet. People would be looking down, and you'd hear, well, at the top yeah. of his lungs, and people would jump in their chairs, and he'd say, that's why we love this game. And it was just yeah. – it was different every day. And so just – it was uh, innocent laughter. Um, but he, he was uh, always fun to cover. 
I know that obviously there's there's um, unfortunate developments happening with his health right now, but it was my favorite cover was was Mike Martin because every day you're going to smile. You're going to smile for it. Well, I'll tell you, we're, we on a serious note, uh, on, a, on a less serious note, I should say, excuse me, um, but one that excites me is that uh, we're not far from baseball. Uh, you know, baseball, as I've gotten older, is omnipresent. Uh, I, You know how you joked recently about how, you know, you're getting older because you watch the Golf Channel on a random Tuesday in mm-hmm. January? Yeah. Uh, welcome to the club, buddy. I've been doing that for years now. Come on in. Come on in. It's so peaceful. It's so peaceful. Come and enjoy the golf with me, Tommy. Uh, I will tell you that I do the same for MLB Network. <laughs> I can watch any time of year. I'm like, yeah. oh, they're going to talk about that four starter from the Mariners that they've just acquired this offseason. I can't wait. <laughs> so I will watch that. But I was thinking about Florida State baseball the other day. <clears throat> and I, I think it's going to be a decidedly better year. I don't think they're going to be great, but I think they're going to be a lot better than they were. And I just was thinking about a a fresh, um, cool breeze, uh, blue skies, Dickhauser Stadium, and a uh, and a sound of a ball hitting a mitt and that fresh cut grass. Those first couple weeks of the season when it gets started, it's um, it's calling my name. Yeah, it's uh, one of the things that on a personal level I, I'm going to miss the most about being down there every day was opening day. Always would go over to the tailgate lots. Always, I would be opening day. I would bring a, a stack of pizzas for the animals. I mean, you got to get them started on the on the right foot for the season. And it was something about the cold snap in the air. It didn't match with baseball, but it matched with college baseball. You know, when the season starts, there's a cold right. snap in the air when you're tailgating. And then you get in a Hauser, and if it's the wrong kind of wind, you're like, Jesus, this is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, no, it can be tough. I don't like that first week of games other than the signaling that it's back. But, but when, you get in that, when yep. you're get in that stadium and that wind hits you, you're like, ooh, I don't know. But it, you're right. It's the sounds of the game, and then you're, you're thinking, oh, man, we're, we're about here. We're about around the corner here. It's about to turn into uh, the warmth, the, the enjoy. March through May in tally is unbelievable. And it's there's nothing better than the sun setting on a Friday night over Hauser and just sitting down and thinking, I don't know that there is weather better than this. And watching Florida State take to the hill, you know, it's just- and for so many years, um, you know, you did that, and I did that with uh, old schoolmates from back in the day, and then later on, I did that with um, you know girlfriends, and then later on, my own kids. Um, and, and I think about that all the time. And then, and then the added bonus of, if I'd like a tall, cold one, I can get one on a Friday night. <laughs> That's right. now, it's not like back in the day. I've got to sneak out to the car. Well, and the good thing is, it's not like back in the day because you can reach into your wallet, grab some plastic. And the fact that it's $17 doesn't affect you. It's like, yeah, well, it's- yeah, it, it, it affects me. I have a, uh, a gripe, uh, with the, uh, highway robbery. That is the cost, but I can afford it. So yes, you're right. I will go ahead and get that one as I bitch all the way back to my seat. Um, <laughs> this is delicious though, is usually how it ends. Yeah, yeah that's this. Yeah. I am happy to be doing this. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this up now, but I want to get something out there. Uh, we will have a full, like real 
reaction to everything. And as soon as I can get back in the studio, uh, or at least get back behind this mic and not sound as terrible as I do now. Uh, I also want to talk about the NFL. I'm buried by my mother. I don't think is mathematically, am I out of it? I think I, I will, I will object that I got screwed in the Rams lions game. Anybody who watched that game, know the Rams were the better team. They just had to settle for field goals. Well, Reds goals. But you, you know what? This is why you have a playoff committee so that you can put the Rams in the next round because yeah, we yes. all know that they're better all caps, right? Yeah, the, the problem that the problem is that the, the the Lions won the game on the field, and we know that's a shame because the Rams were better and deserved to move on. So we're going to go ahead and move the the Rams on, <laughs> and the Lions. You don't get credit for that win. That's right, their first playoff win in like 105 years. No, I, I think also Dallas belongs in over Florida State because Dallas is just better. Okay, well, all caps of the results. Is that not the most hilarious? I mean, I think at 14 to nothing, I kind of chuckled not even because I don't hold any hatred towards the Cowboys the way that people either love or hate the Cowboys. I, I, I don't have any hatred for the Cowboys because as a little kid, I liked them. Um, but I, I did chuckle. I mean, it is kind of funny to watch this play out. I mean, they, they hadn't lost a home game all year long yeah. and they didn't just lose. They got ass hammered. Yeah, that game did. wasn't remotely yeah. close. Well, so um, I was laughing because I came to the game late. Uh, I had video game time with my nephew down, and, and I had not had that for months right. because of the holidays and whatever and the move. So we got done, and it was just long enough that it was 27 to nothing. And I'm what, the? Like, what in the world is happening here? So I'm laughing my ass off, but on a personal note, I'm in a fantasy playoff game because my league is weird and we draft in the playoffs. And he's got Dak, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to get destroyed. Yeah, they're going to throw in every play. They're going to have prevent every every play in the second half. Thankfully, the good guys won, but Dak did drop 40 points in the second half. It was uh, almost like Michael Vick on a Monday night. Uh, but that game was hilarious. And then I I didn't believe the Bucks eagles result until the safety. Just because the Bucks came up empty in the red zone so often on Monday night, it was only a one catch. Well, that's also true. They had six drops in the first half. So you're up seven in the third quarter, and you and you punt the ball back to them. And I'm like, man, Devontae Smith's going to be wide open down the field again. Dude's going to go for like 202 and a touchdown, and he might lose by three. But once it got pushed to 18 with the safety, I was like, well, that's that. This game's over. And that was fun to watch too. Um, I will we'll just make note here. Uh, this is the Amex this week, guys. Uh, if, if the, the oh, is, getting some wagers. We are in we are in California this week, if you didn't know. Your boy had Byung Young on last week to finish in the top five, was able to make some shekels on that. So I am now playing with house money. Um, I will give you one of, not all, of uh a couple of uh, DraftKings lineups, if, you, if you're curious. Uh, I'm looking at a lot of names that I'm kind of juggling here, uh, but I do like Hadwin and Montgomery this week, as well as JT Poston. Um, that's that's somebody to look at. Those are names to look at in your top 20 market. If you're looking in your top 10 market, um, I th- th- well, listen, I, I have four different lineups, so I don't want to steer you wrong and just give you one each time. But I also, also, uh, like Nick Taylor down in the low ranking guys to try to get you, um, you know, like 750 to one, something like that. If you're trying to find value in guys that have played well on the course, Montgomery and Taylor have played very well. Uh, those are two guys that I'm looking at. There's no money in taking Scotty Scheffler or Tom Kim or Sung JM guys. You got, you got to look in the uh, 7,000 range 
uh, place your lineups between seven and 9,000 and, and go for some people that have some form. The problem with this event is it, and Tom, I've never understood this. It's three courses. Yeah. And, and it's stupid. There should never be a golf event. Where we're playing on three different courses. Um, and that, that bothers me to no end. And then of course, the other problem with this event is this is the, uh, lowbrow celebrity golf, um, pro-am. This is the one where you don't have real great celebrities. This is where you have like fat ass Chris Berman's out there and all that. Um, so, you know, you got Pebble on here and then you've got national and all that. It's not good, but the pros hate it because they have to wait on these losers, these CEOs that are going to be out here throwing up nineties and they got to wait on them the first three days to, you know, hit shots while they're standing over there, you know, trying to pretend to yuck it up with these guys. Um, so it's he who has a lot of patience. Um, and then also this becomes, as John Rom famously said, uh, this is a effing putting contest. Uh, the greens are so small that this just basically becomes a putting contest. So find people who can fill it up. JT Poston is a really good putter. So okay. there's another name for you. That is a comprehensive look at the Amex that nobody else in the country will provide you. Nobody. I, I, I will be watching gleefully, hopefully feeling better and able to do a show in between watching the event. Um, we'll see. Hey, uh, thanks for being patient with me, everybody. I'm sorry. I'll give it back as soon as I can. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm done, Tom. You got everything I got. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You went 41 minutes, man. I, I was expecting, like, hopefully 20. And once, we get, once you get the mic in front of the old boy. Yeah. <laughs> Be well. All right.